Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Salon Owner School podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. So today we have the leadership team of Bella Style Salon in Slidell, Louisiana on with us to dive into a challenge that so many salon owners are facing right now, and that is hiring seasoned stylists and then how to retain them. So definitely grab a pen. You're going to want to take notes on this and let's dive in. All right, so let's go ahead and jump right in because I have a feeling that this is going to be a pretty hefty topic and everybody is going to have a lot to say. Um, we're super excited because we have Jen Bodier's team on here with us today and the topic is hiring seasoned service providers. So this is something that we see across the board throughout salon owners that their struggle is being able to hire seasoned service providers, but also being able to retain them as well. We talk to salon owners from all over the United States. And a lot of times the biggest thing that people tell us is here where I live, we lose a lot of stylists to suites. And I always have to break the news to them that it's not just where you live. <laughs> it's all over the United States. So that they're not alone. Um, and so what we wanted to do was hit on that topic. So I have some questions for Jen's team, but first I would like Jen to actually go ahead and introduce the people that are here on her team. Good morning. So we have Kaylee, who is our CEO. I, I guess you would think of her as our salon manager and cheerleader. We have Nalani, who is a color educator for Bella. And then we have Kayla, who is our esthetician. And she's also a team leader in the back and in the front. Awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. So we're really just going to open up the floor for you guys. Like I'm going to ask some questions, like I said, and then just feel free to go ahead and anybody can speak out and kind of give some insight into the questions that I'm asking. So let's dive right in. Um, I would probably say that it's safe to say that if you're making a transition back from a suite or from a suite back to a team atmosphere, one thing that you might be looking for within a salon would be a trusting culture that you feel good about and that you know the owner is looking out for your best interest, right? So working at Bella, what are some points of value you find in the culture there that stand out to you and made you trust making that transition and has also made you want to stay? Who wants to go first? I'll go. Okay. So I think the biggest thing, and I feel like this is a good, like starting anywhere that you start out at, it's the biggest thing that's trustworthy is like someone dealing with your money, like handling your money. Right. And that was one thing with going into Bella from being at a different salon that Jen understood or like Jen made me feel trusted that she was like being very caring about my money and how much I was making. And just making sure I wasn't going to flop in this industry. I feel like that was the first thing. And then you start playing into the culture and learning how your team is and understanding that this is just more than just being on your own and you have a team behind you. 
That's awesome. What do you feel like, Kaylee, real quick, out of curiosity, like as you were transitioning into Bella, and actually I really don't know your story of like when you started at Bella or where you came from. So maybe if you could hit on that a little bit too, but how long do you feel like it took you to realize the trust that you really had and Jen wasn't just like, you know, blown smoke up here, you know what, um, to come over and work with her? Oh my God. It was like less than a month. Like probably after the first paycheck, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Cause, um, I came from a salon where I, it was just a lot, it was a toxic salon and there wasn't a lot of clarity and it was just a lot of miscommunication dealing with money. Um, and there was just a lot of sketchy stuff going on. And so my first paycheck with Bella it was more than I had made in the other salon and Jen freaked out because she was like, this isn't enough. And I was like, okay, so clearly I'm meant to make more money here and for her to freak out over this paycheck, but this is the biggest paycheck I've had in over a year and a half of being in this industry. This is where like I'm meant to be. Mm, that's really good. And then what's even fun, like even more fun about it is me knowing you like you guys and where you're at now now you guys have transitioned to an hourly compensation and i remember you saying this past year you've made more than you ever have in your career yeah yeah, yeah. that's awesome thank you for sharing of course hello hi so i um actually am from the same salon that kaylee is from originally um i was there for like maybe almost two years whenever Kaylee first started. And I will agree, it was definitely, um, you know, a very toxic salon. Um, I think the biggest reason that I left uh, was just because it was so toxic. And just with my personality, I just, I don't do well in those type of environments. So um, whenever I saw Kaylee had started at Bella, cause she started here before I did, um, I figured she knew where we both had come from. And if she felt safe and comfortable here, then it was a good place for me too. Um, so that's kind of why I came over to Bella and we have such a strong culture around having, I guess, non-toxic environments. <laughs> um, and I think that that's really important whenever, especially whenever you're first starting your career, because you want to feel comfortable and you want to feel safe because it's so scary. Whenever you first come out of hair school, you really don't really know what you're doing. You're used to having your educators kind of having your back. So you really need to have that same sort of feeling whenever you start at your salon. Yeah. And then what did you feel? Oh, go ahead, Jen. I just saw you under your mic. No, that's okay. I wanted to add just so that everyone understood both Nalani and Kaylee left the industry. That's how they both came from the same salon. I just wanted to make sure that no one thought I was <laughs> grabbing coaching this, this team, this other salon, but they had both left the industry completely because they were so, you know, burned. And I knew that they were incredible stylists. Um, so like months or I don't even know, it might've been years. I'm not sure exactly the time frame, but one of our girls did reach out to one of them was like, Hey, you need to come to dinner with us. So I just wanted to make sure we, we made that little disclaimer. Well, yeah. yeah and sorry. Jen did not steal no. us. We came willingly. I, wa I wanted them. <laughs> I was gone for like two years before I came back. I wanted them, but I okay. just wanted to make sure. <laughs> so you were gone for two years, completely out of the industry before you actually started working with Bella. Yes. 
Okay. And so then when you, what was like the first thing that you noticed within the culture there that made you realize that it was like a trustworthy environment and that you felt safe and like they were really looking out for you to be able to succeed? Um, just watching Jen help formulate and just how she was, you know, teaching me. Cause like I said, you know, being out for two years, I was rusty and getting back in it. It was, it was nerve wracking. Um, but just watching her, just like how she interacted with everyone, it was a completely different thing than I had ever experienced because in the previous salon, it just, it was not that way. You know, if you needed help, it was kind of almost like, okay, well, I'll help you. But like, you know, if I'm helping you formulate this color, then really like I should be taking care of this guest because it's my color formula that I formulated. So you really shouldn't even, it was just kind of like that kind of thing, you know, like nobody really wanted to help you. It was kind of, um, every man for himself kind of thing. And whenever you did ask questions, you were almost made to kind of feel silly or less than. Mm, yeah, that's good. And I'm sure like a lot of stylists have experienced that, you know, being in different salons. So thank you for sharing that. Now, Kayla, Kayla is an esthetician as Jen spoke on, and I would love to hear your insight on this and what it was about the culture that really captured you and made you trust Bella. Um, so actually one of the girls that was there previously reached out to me asking if I wanted a job, um, because I had just moved to the area and I was still working in New Orleans. So that was about a, a hour long hike from my house. Um, and I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll go see what it's about. And, um, so, uh, sitting down with Jen, it was just, it was like this gut feeling and she was very transparent about everything. Like she sat down with me and showed me the numbers and I just instantly trusted her. Like, and I, in previous, cause I haven't just worked at one place. I've worked at a couple of other spas and uh, wax centers that just, they didn't care. They didn't care about you. You were just another worker. It was just very toxic. Um, so I never actually had a leader that was very trustworthy or had my best interests in mind or was just very transparent with me. So it was instant for me that I knew it was like this gut feeling that I trusted her because she was just, she just seemed like she just cared about me. And I never had that before. Yeah. So it's almost like we all know that Jen is a wizard when it comes to numbers and that is like her love language. And so I think the best part about it is it's not like she, and this is just what I gather from you guys speaking is that she's not just looking at the numbers of what the company is bringing in to benefit the company. She's looking at those numbers and seeing how is it going to benefit my team? Like, how can I get my team to make more money? Right. And it's not just about Bella. It's not just about Jen making more money. It's about everybody there making sure that you're well taken care of. Yes, 100%. I will say that was a big thing for me too, just realizing how selfless Jen is. And like, that was huge as coming from a different place that the owner wasn't like that. The having an owner really care for you made that transition 100% easier and like wanting you to stay there for your whole career. Absolutely. I think what, you know, hiring seasoned stylists and, and being able to retain them at the end of the day, it's about like, 
yes, we're all in this battle of trying to find people. It's an entire country situation, not just your your own community, just <laughs> Jessica said. We hear it all the time. You don't understand my market. It's hard. No, we do understand your market. We're in the same dang market. We're just in a different zip code. But our goal and mission has been to create the greatest place in the entire country <laughs> to work at. And so if we just start focusing there and less about the beauty schools and what they're doing and not in the rentals and what they're doing and not, and just create your own damn plan and stick with it and stay in your lane and stay focused. Like you can make the shifts because that's ultimately what has happened for us. Yeah, for sure. So let's go to the next question. So at one point you guys all expressed that you worked in a toxic environment. Um, or some people out there that are listening to this or listen to this later on our podcast, you um, may have been a sweet owner that you might've worked in a toxic relationship, relationship, that'd be awful, environment. And then you switch to being a sweet owner because maybe it just, the place that you were in, you really didn't align with. So what I would like to know is what drew you from for wanting to go back into a team-based salon? Like what is different now than what it was working in salons like in the early 2000s? Or, I mean, all of you guys are seasoned stylists and I think what has kind of transitioned is seasoned stylists are looking to go out on their own more. So those are the people that we're trying to get to understand that the team-based salons have shifted a lot compared to what it was in 2010 and 2008. Like it's a whole different environment. So what do you feel like supported you and going back to being in a team-based salon? Like what is different now? So Jess, the, um, so most of the girls here worked for a commission salon prior so they aren't sweet or weren't sweets but danielle who came from a suite who actually isn't on this call because she is in disney with her family she came from a suite she was there the majority of her career um, in georgia so i'd say i think 13 or 14 years and when she moved into our community she chose our salon knowing it was a commission-based salon but um i'm reading like through some of her notes that she kind of typed out and she chose us because she knew that she'd be able to grow and she'd be part of a team. She didn't know anyone, so she'd had no clientele and thought that that would be a better environment for her than, you know, going and renting a room and kind of starting off at scratch. And uh, Danielle was with us for seven months. We hired her right before our um, shutdown, not knowing that that was happening. And in seven months, she did six figures behind the chair with us. And this year will be her first or her second full year and she'll do over 200K. But I think the biggest thing for her, what she shares is that, you know, there's this misconception when you're sweet that, you know, first of all, no one makes 100% of anything. Like that's just physically impossible. But what she has often shared is that like, you never stop working. You're always on the clock. Even when you go home, if you've been behind the chair for 10 hours, you now have to call all your guests back, you know, that called or message to get appointments. You have to confirm your people. And then she sh shared, you know, you've got those needy guests that just need a lot of attention. So she's like, I didn't go to bed till like midnight, one o'clock most nights because 
I worked 10 hours or 11 hours because I couldn't tell people no. She said, I even did hair till midnight at times. And then I have to be on the phone texting and calling people back. She's like, I wasn't a mother or a wife. So for her, she feels like it was just like she works less. She's only four days behind the chair. She doesn't ever have to work a Saturday again. And we get to handle everything for her. And she gets to go home at the end of the night and put her feet up and be with her baby. Exactly. When she leaves, she leaves. You know, like I mean, maybe she, yep. she doesn't post on social or things or, you know, we, she might answer a Slack message back. But, you know, she's she gets to go home. She doesn't have to do all of that. So I think that that if she was on this call, she would have shared, you know, there's definitely a little bit of a misconception. But we all know that everyone on this clubhouse, I'm sure, is fully aware, you know, what the industry is doing. For sure. Now for the re- the rest of you guys that are on here and thank you for sharing that about Danielle she'll actually be on clubhouse with us next week so for you three though when you guys think about coming from a team based environment that you didn't really care for it was everybody out for themselves what do you feel like is different now in the team based and why do you think that there has been that shift like what is it that speaks to you the most Um, I think the biggest thing is that we were all truly friends outside of work. Like when we're not at work, we want to hang out with each other. We have a group message. We talk all the time. Um, We're probably actually really super annoying. I know my husband sometimes is like, y'all don't talk enough. And it's like, no, we, we don't because we just truly, truly love each other. But, you know, on the work side of it, I've never worked in a suite. I've never worked by myself. So I guess I really can't speak on that. But thinking about it, it, I I can't imagine coming to work and just being by myself all day. You know, number one, I feel like I would just be super lonely. But, you know, even still, like, you know, you might have somebody sit in your chair and you kind of just want like a second set of eyes or a second opinion or just anything kind of like that. And to think about not having that support from your team. It just, I, I, I can't really imagine that. It's different. Thank you so much. What about you, Kayla or Kaylee? Either of you too? Um, well, I came from a place where it was just three of us. It really wasn't much of a team. And um, like I said, it wasn't the best environment. But like Nolani said, we are like a family and we love each other and we want to hang out with each other and talk to each other. But again, like on the work side of it, you know, it is helpful to have people to support you and like be your cheerleader and, you know, all of that stuff. And then we are hourly. So everybody's helping each other out. So it's just it truly is a team. Like it's not just a team because we all work together. It's a team because we're a team, if that's the best way I can describe it. I feel like to sum all that up too, all of that like makes us enjoy coming to work every day. Like if we don't come in and we all get to see each other's face. So if somebody's having a bad day, like, you know, your day's going to get picked up by somebody at work. And it's just that feeling we all genuinely care about one another and what each other, like how their growth is too. Like we want everyone to succeed and make all our dreams possible. Yeah, and that's that's a really good point too. When I think about we're hourly as well in our salon, that's how we compensate. And when I think about what I am doing like 
hairstylists in general are givers. Like we want to be able to give back. That's why we're in this industry. We're feet washers. We like to be able to provide people and make people feel good. But what I think where I think it really starts is within our own walls. And if you are in an environment that you truly aren't happy, it's really hard to be able to give your guests the best experience possible because you're not truly happy in the inside. But when you are surrounded by people that care about each other and know that you're there to support each other and have each other's backs, and you know that everything you do directly affects the person next to you, I think that it the way that that translates to your guests is a whole different ballgame. Because I know in our salon that if I have a crummy week, I can look at the other girls on my team and see the revenue that they may have brought in or how I supported them bringing in revenue and know that we're going to be fine because there's going to be another week where they may have a lot of cancellations and I have a really good week. And we have that relationship built and that culture is so strong that it isn't everybody out for themselves. It's we're really here to like create something together as a team. So my last question for you guys would be this. When you think about salon owners out there that are looking to hire seasoned service providers, what would be some advice that you would give them to really think about installing or installing, putting into their company that they may not be doing now or maybe they've thought about it and they just haven't really like taken the bull by the horns and really implemented something like what would it be for a salon owner that you think would be super important to be able to hire seasoned service providers and be able to retain them i think just parent on everything like on their values and then their growth like opportunities that they can like they're pretty much their path on their career and just the money that they actually can make and just being as clear as possible so that way you gain their trust and their buy-in into your company. I agree with Kaylee, just like full transparency, especially to just like from the beginning, that way you kind of know like, you know, okay, is this place a fit for me? Is this where I want to continue growing my career or not? That way, you know, there's not a whole bunch of time invested in the wrong direction. You kind of see, you know, okay, is this what I want? Is this not what I want? And then, you know, you move forward with or without, you know? I agree with both of them. That's what I was going to say. Transparency and just having their best interest in mind and talking about the growth and where they'll be and just checking in on them uh, like more often than you would just making sure that they're happy. So I, that would be my input on that. I say when you're sitting down, obviously, you know, talking numbers, you want to ask them, like, what, what is it that they need to make? And then that way, at least you have some sort of North Star, even if you can't guarantee it right this moment, like they need to know, like, okay, this is a three month, this is a six month, this is a three year process to get you to that place. But at least if you're upfront about it, like if they have unrealistic expectations or maybe it's like oh no that's going to be easy to do here i think just them kind of knowing like all right this is where i'm going to start this is what i'm going to be responsible for every 30 60 90 days and then quarterly and then this is how i continue to grow and what's most important is like most people don't realize like you, like they feel like they they have to go out on their own because they've hit the glass ceiling 
but it's really because the owners either don't have a career path or don't understand the numbers enough to have had those conversations. So the stylist thinks, well, I'm making as much as I can here. So now I have to move on to another pasture. But, you know, for us, it's like my girls know I don't care about to pay you $100 an hour, $200 an hour. If it's there, it's yours. Like, I only need a certain amount that's, you know, an exchange for the energy that I put into this company. And the rest is you guys. Like, as long as we can make the rent profit and and pay everyone really well like that's i mean ultimately why i opened the business is for them all to be equally ex- successful if not more so jen my question for you is you took rich life ceo which is our course for salon owners back in 2019 i think it was and was yep. that what it was mm-hmm. Okay, so what do you feel like from taking that course has really shifted things for you to be able to give back and just kind of give you a little bit more of like a clearer lens when you are giving your team an amazing place to work at? Like, what has it been for you from taking Uh, that course? Easy. Hands down. When I stopped doing all the thinking and all the, like, when I stopped doing everything in my company, when I started building a leadership team, building layers and letting them have some control like that. We, we went to the next level. I mean, outside of pricing and just, you know, the logistics of being a better business owner, owners often think they have to do everything and feel like if I give them a little bit of control, they're going to go crazy or they're going to go totally to the left. And I want them to be on the right. But you'll be really surprised if you just allow them to access some of their own brilliance and just give them a little guidance. I mean, if they fail, they fail. I mean, like I said, the building's insured. If you burn it down, I mean, it's going to suck, but it's okay as long as everyone gets out safe. So that for me, you know, when Yurko said, stop doing all the thinking, let them ask them, what do they, what do they think? Like that totally like transformed our company. So when you decided to let go a little bit and allow your team to take some ownership over the company what do you feel like is something that they did that you made this might be a little tricky question that you maybe never even thought of doing yourself that once you put down that guard a little bit has really been created in your company because of them Hmm. That's a good question. I mean, there's so much that they do day to day, like our entire education program is now digital and in Google Classroom. And, you know, they pretty much put the entire thing together with just very, very, I mean, like, honestly, I don't even know how to log into it. Like, that's how pathetic it is for me. (laughs) I've given them a little bit of guidance, like, hey, we need to add A, B and C. But like, I don't even know what it looks like. I don't even know how to get in it. So I would have to give them credit for our four month training program that, you know, we produce Kayla is a six figure esthetician in two mm-hmm. years. Like we produce six figure beauty professionals in two years or less if they follow the process. So, you know, I like right now I'm in slide out in the same city as them, but I'm not there. I, I barely go in face to face because they don't need to see me. You know, they have, enough systems and touch points in place to where they can really handle the day-to-day operations. And I get to focus on being the visionary and the financial officer, paying the bills. 
Awesome. So, and I do agree with you because having that, and that's another thing I think we see a lot in our course, which I see is people asking for is training programs. So if you are a salon owner and you have people that are on your team right now, and I know it's kind of going off the topic on like hiring seasoned service providers, but these are ways to be able to retain your team is being able to give them that autonomy. And if you have people on your team that are willing to step up and are asking you, let me help, let them let them mess up like jen said because they are going to be so much more bought into this company into your company that they're gonna want to stay because now they have some skin in the game and it makes a world of a difference so before we wrap up does anybody else have anything they want to add or does anybody have any questions that they would like to ask no all right. Thank you guys so much for being on here today. We're going to wrap up and we are going to be, oh, hold on one second. Kelly, hold on. I just, there we Hi. go. Hi. How are you guys? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you. Um, I've talked to, I think, Jen and um, somebody else. Uh, I did a call the other week, so I've been following you guys and just trying That's to like me. take in as much. Yeah. Oh, awesome. That was me. <laughs> Okay, perfect. I wasn't sure because then I'm like, there's two Jessicas, yes? Yes, there's Professor Jesse and then Jessica. So it gets okay, super confusing. Okay, but yes, that's me. That's why I, I wasn't 100%. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, as I said the other day on the call, you know, I'm just really trying to take in as much as I can and learn all the different ways and uh, I guess kind of expand my my horizons. And one of the things that I heard you guys talking about today was, you know, really trying to let go, I guess, from a, from an ownership perspective and, um, let your team be, you know, more involved. So I have a team of, um, seven, including myself, and I'm just trying to figure out, cause I, I know specifically I am the bottleneck in my business, but I feel like some of our people are just way too new, I think, to give them leadership positions, but then also, so like, what do you let go when you have a, a team, I guess it's that small, um, you know what I mean? To help to like, yeah, give them responsibilities and let them grow themselves and help them grow other people, et cetera, et cetera. I'll chime in real quick. First, I would sit down and do a task audit for yourself. Like just mm -hmm. open a Google Doc and just brain dump everything that you do daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and yearly. Mm -hmm. And then go through and highlight the shit you don't want to do anymore. <laughs> the stuff you don't enjoy because your time, like you're the, you know, obviously the most expensive person in your business. Your time is utilized better in other areas that you can produce higher results. So if going to the bank is a task that takes too much time from your plate where you can be focusing on building leaders and an education program, let someone else go to the bank for you. Like things like that. It could be that simple. Mm -hmm. It just starts somewhere. I mean, we, it, for us, it just kind of started. Like you just start giving them some responsibilities and, you know, it just start off small, maybe one to three, depending on who they are. And then just consistent following up with them and, you know, just checking in, you don't want to give someone a task and then set them up for failure and never check back in with them. And, yeah, you know, yeah. when they don't produce, you're now aggravated. So that would be a, you know, one place Jess, I'm sure has some great. Yeah, I, I would love to add on in on that as well. So first, I want to start by saying our team, we have nine people on our team. And 
four, I have three other leadership people for nine people that are on our team, which seems super silly, right? But the thing is, is that I am working on developing those leaders. So as we grow and we expand and get bigger, I already have those leaders in place versus trying to grow your company and add more people. And then down the road, get buy-in from your team of who wants to be part of the leadership team and growing them. Like when you have a smaller team, it makes it a little bit easier to be able to groom them as leaders and prep them for what's to come. And then to hit on the point that you said, like you feel like they're too young. I have a girl that is on our leadership team. Her name is Juliana and she is 21. She'll be 22 this year, 22, somewhere around there. Anywho, she's young and she's only been in the industry for a couple years, a few years. So, but it, her age doesn't really matter. It's how she shows up. And kind of like Jen said, just think about all the things that you have to do and what you're able to put off because there are things that you can spend your time better in where your creative genius really is going to be able to stand out. And then by giving them things to do, it's going to make them feel like they're wanted. And at the end of the day, everybody wants to feel that way. Everybody wants to feel like they're part of something bigger than themselves. So if you're able to start small and start building a leadership team right now, it's really going to impact you in the future as you grow. Okay. Um, did that answer or yeah. help, I guess? Yeah, absolutely. I truly appreciate you guys taking my uh, question and answering. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Hi, Thank Jennifer. You. Hey, thanks so much for having me up here. I appreciate it. And this room is awesome. Um, I only really know Jen up here, but I'm, you know, this is just so inspiring and I just love it. So thank you so much for hosting these rooms. Um, my question is, um, since we're talking about hiring seasoned service providers, it sounds very exciting, especially if they have a clientele. Um, so you may not have to feel like you have to put so much effort into helping them build their business. Um, but I guess it's a two-part question. One, what are some of the red flags that you would look out for that would help you make a best decision of if this person is going to step in with maybe some habits or an attitude that doesn't align with your culture or brand? Um, and two, because they are seasoned, you know, how much time would, are you investing into making sure that they're doing business the way that you have trained your, your staff to do business, if that makes sense? No, great question. So our training programs, four months, I would say what seasoned, I would probably slim that down to like one to two months and it would be really geared around culture, our service um, wheel, just the things that make Bella, Bella, you know, because obviously they're coming from another location that doesn't have the same why and vision and mission as we do. Um, I would definitely do a technical interview with a seasoned stylist. That way I could see if they needed some color or cutting help. Danielle, who came to us actually didn't come from a VEDA um, background. So we had to teach her the color line, whereas Kaylee and Nalani both came from an Aveda background. So that was a little bit of an easier transition. Um, as far as, you know, nipping things in the bud <laughs> before they get out of hand, it's, you know, for us, we just have such a strong, strong culture and we 
lead with that every single day through social media, through emails, through the way that we show up, you know, daily, both in person and then virtually, that we tend to not attract people that wouldn't fit in that. And then they might just need a little tweaking. And it's just literally consistent coaching, consistent on time, like, hey, let's chat this out. Or, hey, we don't act like that. Like, we are one of our core values is that, you know, we, we stand like, can't get my words out. My coffee's not kicking in. We stand for each other when, when they can't stand for themselves. So, you know, we call them to greatness and call, basically call them out. So if they're doing something that just doesn't align with our culture, we're definitely very quick to sit down and be like, Hey, you know, that's going to disrupt the team. We can't do that. (laughs) Those sort of stuff. Most of the time we just kind of let like as owners, let things slide because we don't want to ruffle people's feathers, but it's really an ego thing. Like we're afraid of looking bad or hurting their feelings instead of just having the hard conversations with someone that we need to have. So we've been pretty blessed in that aspect. Uh, We do lots of shadowing days, you know, before we hire anyone, both school and seasoned, like, I mean, a lot. We want to basically court them before they even um, accept the job. Yeah, and I think another big thing to hit on that is the transparency that you're having. And that's what the girls here, I feel like, gave us as a gift today was that Jen was extremely transparent right out of the gate. And I think for somebody that's seasoned, that's super important because you can't, there's, you're not pulling anything over their eyes. Like there's nothing, they already know what they know from being in this industry for long enough. So I think when you're transparent with those seasoned stylists that you're looking to bring on, that is extremely important. And then the other thing is, is that just being completely, completely upfront throughout your interview process. So like, there's nothing that is hidden of what the expectation is for somebody coming on our team. So I'm showing them these are our core values. Do you feel like you align with that? If you don't, it's totally cool. We may not be for you. And I want you to find somewhere where you're going to be happy. This is how we operate. These are our guidelines. Like, are you cool with following these? Um, this We use this communication tool called Slack. We have conversations in here. We hold each other accountable every single week. Like, are you going to be okay with doing that? Can you commit to that? You know, so then that way they're not coming into your company going, whoa, 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 and putting the brakes on and saying, this is a lot because if they're coming from another salon and and I've had some experience with this, another salon that's extremely lackadaisical and they may not be a booth rental salon, but they're kind of ran that way. It can be a total shock for them coming into your culture when everybody's bought in and everybody's willing to go that extra mile and they have responsibilities that they hit on every week, it can be extremely overwhelming. So I think being completely transparent with them makes a really big difference as well. Thank you so much for that question, Jennifer. It was a really good question. And then also, I guess too, to add on that is you can have like a 90 day grace period with them, you know? So then you know like, okay, and you can tell them that like, let's do 90 days And let's make sure that we're a good fit for each other. Like, it's not just about you or them being a good fit for you. It's them, like us being a good fit for them as well. I think that's super important. Sorry, I cut you off. Did you want to add anything else to that? No, a hundred percent. And I think that you, you both answered it beautifully. And I think that there's, 
I mean, there's always risk when you are going to hire somebody of they may not be the right fit and it could be an expensive uh, learn. Um, but at the same time, I mean, that's that's just part of one of the several risks of having a business. Yeah. And I, I think another touch point on that, too, is kind of like Jen said, like, it's not just Jen making sure that they're a right fit. Right. It's the whole entire team because they're not going to really like in the same thing in our salon, we hold each other accountable and it's not it doesn't have to be just the leadership team that calls somebody to greatness. It's somebody else on the team that says, hey, you know, we, we don't really act like that. Like, is there something that I could support you with so we can shift the way that you're showing up? You know, it's really a team effort. So awesome. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for being on here today. We appreciate it. And we will see you next week.